Welcome to the Fremont Community Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. We are a family of believers who meet in Fremont, Indiana every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We are attempting to follow Jesus by loving God and loving people. If you would like to support Fremont Community Church, go to www.fremontcommunity.org. Hallelujah. Oh. <laughs> you know, this year has been so tough for so many of us, really everybody. Tougher for some than for others. But this year has been so tough, and I feel like all of us have been just pressing on until New Year's Eve. Like, let's just get this over with. But before we get there, my friends... We must celebrate the Savior of the world. I don't want to, I want to get 2020 over with as soon as possible too. But Jesus, the Savior of the world, you see, the, the way that the Christian calendar works, and I know that many of you have no connection necessarily with the, the liturgical calendar of the Christian faith. I did not until the last few years when, you know, the Lord started drawing my attention to this ancient practice of walking through the Christian calendar. That, that's only been the last maybe four or five years where we began to celebrate things like Advent and things like Lent and things, you know, that the only two things on the Christian calendar that most churches like ours still celebrate are just Christmas and Easter, right? And but there's so much, and the whole Christian calendar is built around the story of Jesus. It's built around celebrating piece by piece the incredible story of our Savior Jesus Christ. And it begins here, at the beginning of the liturgical year, when we light the Jesus candle and we recognize the truth that God is with us. Advent is a season of waiting and preparation. It's a season of bated breath. It's a season of, 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 of joy in knowing what's coming, but not in what's already here. Does that make sense? Advent is a season of saying, I know good things are coming, even though I can't see them yet. And that's most of our life, isn't it? <laughs> Which is why Advent is longer than Christmas. Because most of our life, we live in waiting for what God's about to do. But when God actually moves and acts and does something, it is time to celebrate. And Christmas on the Christian calendar is a 12-day feast. Yeah, you didn't. Nobody's excited about that 12-day feast. Oh, I barely make it through Thanksgiving. I know! That's because... When every day is a party, then no day is a party. And in the United States of America, almost every day is a party. That's Western culture. It's not just the U.S., it's Western culture. Which is why they wisely put fasts before feasts. So that we could make room in our hearts for all that God wanted to bring. 
This morning, I felt directed by the Holy Spirit to really spend the bulk of our time this morning just listening to the Word. To go back to the Christmas passages, the passages that describe this incredible event that we've been celebrating for over 2,000 years. And to sit with these passages once again. But I, I'm always looking for new ways into the Christmas story because I don't want to get bored and I don't want it to get stale. Are you with me? Here we go, back to Christmas again. Didn't this happen five minutes ago, right? And whenever we do things repetitively, there is, there is the unfortunate possibility that we can lose our sensitivity to that thing, right? That we can grow accustomed to it, we can grow hardened to it, and we can forget just how blessed we actually are by what took place when the creator of all things took on human flesh. And as I was praying through that, Lord, how do I awaken my own soul? I wasn't even praying for you at this point. I was praying for me. How do I awaken my own soul to rejoicing in the joy of the incarnation of my Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Lord said, I want you to go back to the Word, and I want you to read multiple versions of it, and I want you to read it over and over again, and I want you to sit with it, and I want you to put yourself in the story, and I want you to think through, what was it like for Mary as she heard these words, you will be the mother of Messiah? What was it like for Elizabeth and Zechariah when they heard that they would be bringing a child into the world when they had been barren for so long? What was it like? for those shepherds as they stood in the fields by night and an angel appeared in their midst and scared the living daylights out of them. And so I have been sitting in this story for the past few weeks just ruminating, chewing, thinking. And it has begun to soften my heart once again to the old story. People have called it the greatest story ever told. And this morning, I want to go back and read. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to do my best to read in chronological order those passages from the Gospels that surround this event we call the Incarnation, the thing we celebrate at Christmas. But I'm not going to read it in the King James, which is what we are used to hearing it, right? <laughs> I'm going to read it in the Message Bible. Because I'm always slapped in the face by the Message Bible. I'm surprised by it. What? Oh, I didn't. Yeah, that's, that's different than I thought. Let's begin. And I'll tell you what verses I'm reading so that if you want to go back to them at another time or if you want to read with me, you may. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 and 9 through 14. The Word was first, the Word present to God, God present to the Word. The Word was God in readiness for God from day one. Everything was created through Him, nothing, not one thing came into being without Him. What came into existence was life. 
And the life was light to live by. The life light blazed out of the darkness, and the darkness could not put it out. The life light was the real thing. And every person entering life he brings into light. He was in the world. The world was there through him, and yet the world didn't even notice. He came to his own people, but they did not want him. But whoever did want him, whoever believed he was who he claimed and would do what he said, he made them to be their true selves, their child of God's selves. These are the God-begotten, not blood-begotten, not flesh-begotten, not sex-begotten. The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, that one-of-a-kind glory, like Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. That day God sent an angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph, and the virgin's name was Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her. Good morning! You're beautiful with God's beauty, beautiful inside and out. God is with you. She was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great, be called son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will rule Jacob's house forever. No end ever to his kingdom. Mary said to the angel, but how? I've never slept with a man. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will hover over you. Therefore, the child you bring to birth will be called Holy, the Son of God. Did you know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son? Old as she is, everyone called her barren, and here she is, six months pregnant. Nothing you see is impossible with God. And Mary said, yes, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me just as you say. And the angel left her. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. The birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph before they came to the marriage bed. Joseph discovered she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. Joseph, chagrined but noble. I love that phrase determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. While he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in the dream, Joseph, son of David, do not hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit-conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth, and when she does, you, Joseph, 
will name him Jesus, which means God saves, because he will save his people from their sins. This would bring the prophet's embryonic sermon to full term. Watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. They will name him Emmanuel, Hebrew for God with us. Then Joseph woke up. He did exactly what God's angel commanded in the dream. He married Mary, but he did not consummate the marriage until she had the baby. Luke chapter 1, verse 39 through chapter 2, verse 38. You having fun, everybody? Mary didn't waste a minute. She got up and traveled to a town in Judah in the hill country, straight to Zechariah's house, and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leaped, and she was filled with the Holy Spirit and sang out exuberantly, You're so blessed among women, and the babe in your womb also blessed. And why am I so blessed that the mother of my Lord visits me? The moment the sound of your greeting entered my ears, the babe in my womb skipped like a lamb for sheer joy. Blessed woman who believed what God said, believed every word would come true. And Mary said, I am bursting with God news. I'm dancing the song of my Savior God. God took one good look at me, and look what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. The God whose very name is holy, set apart from all others, His mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe before Him. He bared His arm and showed His strength, scattered the bluffing braggarts. He knocked down tyrants off their high horses, pulled the victims out of the mud. The starving poor sat down to a banquet. The callous rich were left out in the cold. He embraced His chosen child Israel. He remembered and piled on the mercies, piled them high. It's exactly what He promised, beginning with Abraham right up to now. And Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months and then went back to her own home. About that time, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. This was the first census when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. Everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown to be accounted for. So Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judah, David's town, for the census. As a descendant of David, he had to go there. And he went with Mary, his fiancée, who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the hostel. There were sheep herders camping in the neighborhood. They had set night watches over their sheep. Suddenly, God's angel stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them, and they were terrified. The angel said, do not be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town, a Savior who is Messiah and Master. This is what you're to look for, a baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. At once, the angel was joined by a huge, angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the sheepherders talked it over. 
Let's get over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left, running, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Seeing was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child, and all who heard the sheep herders were impressed. Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear, deep within herself. The sheep herders returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. It turned out exactly the way they had been told. When the eighth day arrived, the day of circumcision, the child was named Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived. Then when the days stipulated by Moses for purification were complete, they took him up to Jerusalem to offer him to God as commanded in God's law. Every male who opens the womb shall be a holy offering to God, and also to sacrifice the pair of doves or two young pigeons prescribed in God's law. In Jerusalem at the time, there was a man, Simeon by name, a good man who lived in peaceful, prayerful expectancy of help for Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. The Holy Spirit had shown him that he would see the Messiah of God before he died. Led by the Spirit, he entered the temple. As the parents of the child Jesus brought him in to carry out the rituals of the law, Simeon took him into his arms and blessed God. God, you can now release your servant. Release me in peace as you promised. With my own eyes, I have seen your salvation. It's now out in the open for everyone to see a God-revealing light to the non-Jewish nations and of glory for your people Israel. Jesus' father and mother were speechless with surprise at these words. Simeon went on to bless them and said to Mary, his mother, the child marks both the failure and the recovery of many in Israel, a figure misunderstood and contradicted. The pain of a sword thrust through you, but the rejection will force honesty as God reveals who they really are. Anna the prophetess was also there, a daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher. She was by now a very old woman. She had been married seven years and a widow for 84. She never left the temple, worshiping night and day with her fastings and prayers. At the very time Simeon was praying, she showed up and broke into an anthem of praise to God and talked about the child to all who were waiting expectantly for the freeing of Jerusalem. Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem village, Judah territory, this was during Herod's kingship, a band of scholars arrived in Jerusalem from the east. They asked around, where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews who observed, we observed a star in the eastern sky that signaled his birth and we're on pilgrimage to worship him. When the word of their inquiry got to Herod, he was terrified. And not Herod alone, but most of Jerusalem as well. Herod lost no time. He gathered all the high priests and religious scholars in the city together and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? They told him, Bethlehem, Judah territory. The prophet Micah wrote it plainly. It is you, Bethlehem, in Judah's land, no longer bringing up the rear. From you will come the leader who will shepherd, rule my people, my Israel. 
Herod then arranged a secret meeting with the scholars from the east. Pretending to be as devout as they were, he got them to tell him exactly where the birth announcement star appeared. Then he told them the prophecy about Bethlehem and said, Go find this child. Leave no stone unturned. As soon as you find him, send word, and I'll join you at once in your worship. Instructed by the king, they set off. Then the star appeared again, the same star they had seen in the eastern skies, and it led them on until it hovered over the place of the child. They could hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place. They had arrived at the right time. They entered the house and saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother. Overcome, they kneeled and worshipped him. Then they opened their luggage and presented gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. In a dream, they were warned not to report back to Herod, so they worked out another route, left the territory without being seen, and returned to their own country. After the scholars were gone, God's angels showed up again in Joseph's dream and commanded, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt, and stay until further notice. Herod is on the hunt for this child and wants to kill him. Joseph obeyed. He got up, took the child and his mother under the cover of darkness. They were out of town and well on their way by daylight. They lived in Egypt until Herod's, Herod's death. Not Herod's death, not, no. Herod's death. This Egyptian, <laughs> this Egyptian exile fulfilled what Hosea had preached. I called my son out of Egypt. Herod, when he realized that the scholars had tricked him, flew into a rage. He commanded the murder of every little boy two years old and under who lived in Bethlehem and its surrounding hills. He determined that age from information he'd gotten from the scholars. That's when Jeremiah's sermon was fulfilled. A sound was heard in Ramah, weeping and much lament. Rachel weeping for her children. Rachel refusing all solace. Her children gone, dead and buried. Later, when Herod died, God's angel appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Up. Take the child and his mother and return to Israel. All those out to murder the child are dead. Joseph obeyed. He got up. He took the child and his mother and re-entered Israel. When he, heard through the, when he heard, though, that Archelaus had succeeded his father Herod as king of Judea, he was afraid to go there. But then Joseph was directed in a dream to go to the hills of Galilee on arrival in the village of Nazareth. This move was a fulfillment of the prophetic words, he shall be called a Nazarene. This is the story of our Savior. This is the story of the event, the series of events, which changed the world forever. The long-promised, long, long-expected and awaited Messiah. God promised Eve that her seed would crush the head of the serpent. And here He is the seed, before us this morning and in our midst by His Holy Spirit. I know I've been reading the Bible this whole time. I don't think that was wasted time, do you? I want to read one more scripture to you, and then I'm going to pray. It is my hope in the deepest parts of me that you will receive grace to have a fresh experience of the wonder and the awe and the joy of Christmas. 
not connected to Santa or presents or elves or trees or any of that, but that we would bathe in the light of the rising Son of God who is shining upon the world. I'm going to read Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. For those who lived in the land of deep shadows, light, sunbursts of light. You repopulated the nation. You expanded its joy. Oh, they're so glad in your presence. Festival joy. The joy of a great celebration. Sharing rich gifts and warm greetings. The abuse of oppressors and the cruelty of tyrants, all their whips and cudgels and curses is gone, done away with, and we are delivered. As surprising and sudden as Gideon's old victory over Midian, the boots of all those invading troops along with their shirts soaked with innocent blood will be piled in a heap and burned, a fire that will burn for days, for a child has been born for us. The gift of a son for us. And he'll take over the running of the world. And his names will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father, Prince of Wholeness. His ruling authority will grow and there will be no limits to the wholeness that he brings. He will rule from the historic David throne over that promised kingdom. He'll put that kingdom on a firm footing and keep it going with fair dealing and right living, beginning now and lasting always. The zeal of the God of angel armies will do all of this. Amen? Let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I cannot even begin to thank you for the glory of the gift of your son Jesus, my Savior, the one who died for me, the one who opened up the opportunity of reconciliation and forgiveness to come home to the God who formed me in my mother's womb. Oh, I thank you. And I thank you, Jesus, that you have defeated sin and death. And I thank you, Jesus, that you have crushed the enemy and all of his power. And I thank you, Jesus, that your mission, your kingdom is unstoppable and that there is nothing that can stand in your way and that you are moving that you are moving in this moment to bring about a change all over this world that will see the glory of the Lord all over the earth as the waters cover the sea. I thank you, Jesus, that there is a day coming when you will return to this earth and set up your earthly throne and reign in righteousness over all of the nations. But between that day and this, 
Lord Jesus, we will lean into the coming kingdom. We will live in the place of the now and the not yet. We will see the Holy Spirit who is alive inside of us manifest kingdom realities in the earth day after day after day because we know that not one thing we do for you is wasted. We know that not one thing we do for you is done in vain. We know that not one moment of suffering, not one tear that falls from our eyes goes unnoticed by you or unrewarded by you. And Jesus, we stand in confident expectation, glorying in your first coming and longing for your second. Jesus, my prayer over my friends in this room is that your joy would be with them. I pray fresh joy, fresh peace, fresh strength to walk through these days. Lord, I pray that we would not just survive, but that we would be a shining light in the midst of the darkness. Jesus, be glorified in your bride. Be the center of your people. As we celebrate in these days, let us celebrate you. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, my friends. Yes, ma'am. Come on, Carrie. Introduce yourself. So I, I know some of you, but some of you I don't. My parents are Karen and Harold Arndt. My name is Carrie Arndt, and my husband Moses is sitting right here. So I just want to pray really fast. I promise I won't keep you long, but during worship, the Lord said some really, really strong things to me, and I believe in my obedience to release those that it's going to shift some things for all of you in this room. So I just want to pray first. God, I thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that you are welcome here. That is not the case in every church. There are many churches that meet, but you're not welcome. Thank you that you're welcome. Thank you, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Thank you, Father God, that you're welcome here. Thank you that this is not just a place that releases the beautiful Logos Word of God, but thank you that it's a place that walks in the Rhema Word of God, that they are a people that are after your heart. Thank you, God, that there are people in this room who have even when huge winds have come and droughts have come and scorching heat has come, they have just let their roots go deeper and deeper and deeper in you. And I believe that that's the same thing that you would say about this whole church. This is a church that has withstood scorching heat and wind and abrasion and people trying to uproot it and people cursing it. God, I just thank you that because your presence has been welcomed here, that this is an ark of your covenant, God. This is a place where you are welcome to dwell, that you have protected this place from the hand of the enemy. And I thank you that that's what you're doing again this morning with this word. So thank you, Jesus. Let this fall in the right ears and let your mercy cover all of us. Amen. So I just, it's, it's intense, okay? So just guard your heart. It's not an abrasive thing from the Lord, but it is intense. I just want to warn you, okay? So um, I'm just going to say I've seen your face, and I, I've heard from the Lord, and you're a witch.
and you've been watching on Facebook and the Lord says to you, this is your last warning. And in his mercy, he has protected you. But if you continue to curse this house, the same curses that you released will destroy you and you will die. Hear the word of the Lord. There's also a word from the Lord about the purity of the water of heaven that has been invited into this place, which is so beautiful. And some of you who have very legitimate prophetic gifts from the Lord that have learned that you're able to hear his voice, um, the Lord is also saying to you, some of you just, we are learning, we're all learning, right? Okay. But some of you have cursed the pastor. Some of you have been trying to usurp his authority in your prayers, and you've been praying opposite things than the direction that he's going. And the Lord is warning you that he's not okay with that and that you are to stop that immediately. That is rebellion, and rebellion is his witchcraft, and the Lord does not accept that. He is not okay with that. And so the Lord is inviting you to repent. The Lord is inviting you to discontinue the cursing. And please hear me. This is only for a couple people, but I, I felt like the Lord said to release it for the whole house. And I'll tell you, I mean, I've heard prophetically from the Lord for since I was four. I've never had a word this intense, and I held it really. I just sat there and just said, Jesus, am I really supposed to release it over everybody? But what I heard the Lord say was, yes, because there are many, 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 many more in this house and that are watching that are for this house, that are for your pastor and his family, than those few who are against. And so if you're saying, oh, gosh, my heart resonates with this, I love this family, I love this church, I love what God's been doing, then begin just praying for them. I also saw a vision, and in the vision, it was so cool, you guys. Um, Pastor Josh was like an eagle, and he was like trying so hard to fly. And you know, the eagle in the Bible is significant of the prophetic. He's not just a pastor here, but he's a prophet. Like, there are people who have a prophetic gift, but is, is it okay? Am I still okay? Okay. He, he walks in the office of the prophet. Also, it says, who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Those with a clean hand and a pure heart. He is someone with clean hands and a pure heart. And he is, I've not had any conversation with him. I'm just telling you, I had a prophetic warning dream before I came here. And it was so intense. And I've been praying since then. And then I was praying again in, in worship, not even about any of the dream or anything else. But the Lord just said, here's some other pieces of that. So in this vision this morning, he's an eagle, and he's like, his wings are wide open. He's open to the Holy Spirit. He's trying so hard to fly. But what I heard the Lord say was, he needs wind behind him. And I said, what do you mean, Lord? And he said, the people who love him are the wind behind him. And so I really believe in this season, this church is on the verge of huge breakthrough. I mean, years and years and years of stored up prayers huge breakthrough about to be poured out. And there's one last push. I know some of you are so tired. And some of you have been believing for years and years and years for things that you haven't seen. It's what he talked about this morning. He said, it's hard, right? We believe for things we don't see. Oftentimes in our walk with the Lord, we're believing for things we don't see. And that's for this house, I'm telling you, revival is about to break out, not just in this house, but in this region through this house. And so do not get weary. Do not give up. Do not stop praying. And especially right now, I'm exhorting you. If you don't trust me, trust your pastor that he invited me to come up and speak. Because it's not about trusting me. It's about trusting the word of the Lord. He is saying, pray for your pastor right now. Because he needs that push. I'm telling you, I've not had any conversation. Is this, is this in alignment? Yeah, you, he needs you to be behind him praying for him. And if you hear someone... God bless you. I know that we have brokenness. We are in process, so hear my heart. But if you hear someone who starts to even 
be on the edge of cursing him, you lovingly say, I will not listen to this, and you need to check your heart. I know that's strong, but I'm telling you, this is so powerful, especially when it comes to the prophetic and when you have a prophet. Words are incredibly powerful. And hear this too. If you have been someone who you'd say, guess what? I realize I'm trying to usurp his authority. What would that mean? That would mean if you hear him say, I have vision for this, and you're like, well, I heard the Lord say this, that is out of order. I'm sorry. God bless you. The Lord loves you so much, but that is completely out of order. Even as someone who would come in, I'm a pastor, and I actually have an apostolic gift in my life, but I would never, ever, ever try to steer this church in a different direction than the way Pastor Josh is because that is out of order. God is the one who has put authority into place, and he is the authority that God has decided should be here, and he absolutely is walking. And again, I'm only telling you by the discernment on my life through the Holy Spirit, he walks close with the Lord. You don't come into a church and have the openness and the manifest presence come down and rest like it does here unless there's proper alignment between the leader of the house and the Lord. God doesn't do that. He's really clear with the things that grieve his spirit, and he's really clear with the things that please his heart. And this is a place where you have a pastor that is running hard after God who pleases the heart of God. And so please, I'm going to pray for you again, and then I'll give it back to Pastor Josh. But please guard your hearts, because what would the enemy want to do? He wants to try to destroy. He's been trying to come with his acts and acts of accusation. There's a, a huge struggle with a few of you that really struggle with accusing others because of displeasure in your heart. And I'm saying so gently, God wants to deliver you. So if you know that's you, something in you is getting stirred up right now, find someone who's safe, who's been here a long time, who's healthy. We know that um, Pastor Josh and his beautiful wife are very healthy. We know there's other people here who are really, really healthy, who've been here a long time that you can trust, that will be safe people that won't, you know, share what you've shared with them. But just get with one of them and say, hey, I really, I really felt like when that word was released, I need some deliverance in this area. I've been walking in rebellion, and I want to please the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit resting on my life. So, God, we just thank you. We thank you for the waters of heaven that have been invited into this place. We thank you that this church has been in a season of intense refining. We thank you that sometimes it's felt like the fire of the enemy, and there have been mixtures, God. But we thank you that the fire that burns stronger and that burns away the fire of the enemy is the fire of God. And so we thank you, fire and presence of Jesus, that you've not only been welcome into this place up until now, but this is your house. God, this is your house, and nothing else can rule or reign in this place. Rebellion must cease. Accusation must cease. Cursing must cease. Depression must cease. Fear must cease. Everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God has to come down in the name of Jesus. Only the throne of God rules and reigns in this place. King Jesus is enthroned here. And God, we pray very kindly and humbly. If there are people who will not repent and who desire to have mixture in their, their life, we pray that you would send them elsewhere. And we pray you would gather those that would say, I want no mixture. I want to be a part of a house that has no mixture, that only has the pure water from heaven. I don't want to be a part of a place that has pure and bitter water, God. We thank you. This is a place that's been set apart for pure water. We thank you for Pastor Josh. Um, Moses, mom and dad, uh, Rachel, are you comfortable? Could you all come up here just for a second? We're just, just us are going to gather around Pastor Josh and pray for him real quick. God, we thank you that you have appointed this man this is not an earthly appointment. This is an appointment by the hand of God. 
We thank you that you have appointed this woman. This is not an earthly appointment. This is appointment by the hand of God. We thank you that they are set apart unto you. We thank you, God. Yes, other people could be up here, but God, you are the one that just told me this. Jesus, we thank you. It's not about what man says, God. It's about what the Spirit of God says. And the Spirit of God says over this couple that they have been appointed here, that they have been the ones called to come and put their roots down deep. And I thank you, Jesus, that although the wind of the enemy has tried to come and to blow away, not just their rootedness, God, which can never be blown away because they are rooted firmly in the King of Kings, God, but their, their wind has come to try to blow away their fruit. God, the enemies tried to come and say, well, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? The Lord says, I see the fruit, and the fruit is deep on the inside of you. The fruit isn't about how many people walk into this church. The fruit is about the Spirit of God that you release in this region that is shifting and changing things. The Spirit of God that is lifting heaviness, not just from a people in a town called Fremont and a people in a building, but a Spirit of God that is coming and lifting heaviness from a region, God. I thank you that it's easier to pray here than it was 10 years ago. I know because I I've lived here and I've moved away. God, I thank you that you are stirring things up in the heavens through this couple. I thank you that you're stirring things up in the heavens through their kids too, God, and through the people that they mentor, the people that they love on, the people that they trust, God. I thank you, again, that there are many, 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 many more for them than are against them. And I thank you that you would say, God, oh, who is against them? Who is against them? Who is against them is against me. So, God, I thank you that you will silence the voice of the enemy. You will silence the voice of the accuser. You will silence the voice of the oppressor. Oh, that you would say, oh, destroyer, not destroy. The Lord says the very destruction that you've tried to release on this couple, I send back to you, enemy. And I thank you, Father, that no oppressor is welcome in this house. And I thank you that no accusation is welcome in this house. And I thank you that no witchcraft is welcome in this house. You've been served notice, and I will serve you notice again by the word of the Lord, that if you try to release your witchcraft, it will come back on you and it will destroy you. God, I thank you that they are free for freedom, for freedom, for freedom's sake, because the Holy Spirit of God dwells on the inside of them. And I thank you that they are set apart, Jesus. I thank you that they are covered by you. They are covered by your love. They are covered by your presence, God. They are covered by your hope. They are covered by your hope. They are covered and filled with your hope, God. And hope does not disappoint us. God, hope does not disappoint us. Thank you, Jesus, that every dream that you have for this land will be accomplished. It doesn't matter what kind of pushback there is in the natural or in the spirit, God, because you give energy and strength to jump over every hurdle. And it's not going to be heavy anymore. I hear the Lord say, there's been places where it's been heavy. The Lord says, no, no, it's going to start to be fun. Like people who like to hurdle, I don't like to hurdle. But like, I'm like, I'm going to trip over it. But God says, no, like the very things that have felt like, oh my gosh, I can't lift my leg one more time to hurdle. Because the accusation is stopping, because the cursing is stopping, because the rebellion is stopping, the demonic rebellion is stopping in Jesus' name. No more pushback from the enemy through people that should be pushing you forward. So I just thank you, Jesus. It's going to start to be fun, God. I thank you that, that, that that wasn't an accident. I don't read into everything. You know, Lord, but that wasn't an accident. That candle was hard to light, God. Jesus, but that's an illustration of what was, not what is, and not what is to come, God. I thank you that joy is not hard to come by. I thank you that joy is not hard to step into. I thank you that joy comes easy because they're yoked to the God of joy, God. 
And everything that's been trying to separate them, which has not, but has felt like a separation, is being blown away by the wind of your spirit, God. It's being blown away by the love of your spirit, God. It's being blown away by the power of your presence. And I thank you that the only God that will reign in this place is not the God of self, it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is the Alpha and Omega. It is the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will be known. King Jesus will be known. His glory will shine so brightly from this house that people will travel for miles and miles and miles and miles to come and to know the King Jesus that is ruling and reigning in this place. And I just thank you once again, Father. We release the blessing of God over this couple. And we thank you that the blessing does. It breaks every curse. Thank you, God that the curses are from yesterday, that what you just did now in prayer, Jesus, is you covered them with the oil of heaven and you have released the blessing of God. Yeah. I just want all of you, right before we leave, as we're praying, I just even if, if you can only say, I release the blessing of God over this couple, just say it out loud as we pray for just a second. We bless this couple. Just say, I bless Pastor Josh. I bless Rachel. I bless their family. I bless them. Thank you, Jesus. Mom, can you just bless them to close us out here? Jesus, I just bless Pastor and Rachel. I just honor you and exalt you and praise you and lift you high over their lives, God. I thank you that the call that you've placed on their life is a call that is without repentance, God, and it's a call that you have given them everything that they need to be able to carry that out. And I thank you, God, that you are bringing many, 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 many people to come alongside of them and to come behind them, God, and to help to join with us, God, to be that wind of your spirit, God. Your wind is going to be blowing through here in greater ways than anyone has ever in, even dreamed or imagined, God, even in those dreams that have come from you. For you, God, are going to come through here, and you are going to blow out every single Every single darkness, God, every single anything that's ever, every single word that's ever been spoken that's less than your very best over this house, God, you by your spirit are cleaning house. And we say thank you, Jesus. And we thank you that you are going to be pouring out your waters, that you're beginning to pour out your waters even in this moment. We don't have to wait for 2021. For God, you are beginning to pour out your spirit on this couple right now, this family right now, God, in a greater way than ever before. And as they wake up in the morning, God, they're going to feel like they're they're walking on a softer spot, God. They're going to feel like they've got wind under their wings, God, that they just are strengthened and empowered in a way that they never, ever dreamed before. So, God, we thank you in advance. We thank you for Timothy, God. I just, you keep putting Timothy before me, God, and I thank you that he's a part of us. And so, God, I thank you for him and for all the other people, God, that you have waiting in the wings, that you have been preparing, molding, and shaping, even for this day, God, and that you're going to begin to bring them in in waves, God, preparing us to be that regional revival center for you, God, that you are just going to pour out your spirit in beyond measure, God, that the, your glory is falling, God, and that your glory is going to rest, and your glory is going to go out. God, you're going to accomplish every word you've ever spoken over this house, every word that's ever been prayed in any corner of this building or on this property, God. You're going to bring it to pass because that's who you are. For never, ever has one word ever come out of your mouth and returned to you void, God, but it accomplishes what you send it forth to every single time. So we thank you, God, that people will be getting up out of wheelchairs, and those wheelchairs will just be 
put up on the wall for people to see because that's what you've done, God. It's not about us. It's all about you. And God, you deserve all the glory and all the praise and all the honor. We say, God, here we are. Use us. We say, God, take that coal from your altar and touch our lips and help us, God, to speak those words that are good for building others up according to their need, God. Those words that are full of your love and your strength and your power. For God, there is no time for looking to the right or to the left or behind us, God, but only looking forward and only looking fully into your face for the direction that you have for us to go, God, as your people. We thank you. We honor you. We bless you. We exalt you for who you are. We thank you that you never, ever, ever change, that you're all-powerful and almighty and all-present. God, you have already prepared us for the work that you have for us to do. And sure, there's probably some things in our lives that we still need to lay down, God, to run that race that you set before us. So I say, point those things out to us, God. So in this new year, as we step into this new year, God, we can say, I've laid it all down. God, I lay it all down. We could say, we lay all that we are at your feet, God, and we say, use us. Here we are. Use us. Speak through us. Love through us. Love through us. Jesus, your word says, by this will they know that you are mine, by your love for one another. God, make us lovers of you and lovers of people. We want to be lovers of you and lovers of people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Well, I didn't know that was going to happen. I just, I'm, I'm barely. I want to say to anybody that's heard what was just said, the difficult things, the hard things that were said. The Bible says that in moments like these, we go back to the Word and we go and we ask the Holy Spirit to show us the truth whether this was a true word or not. And I encourage you to take this word back to the Lord. Don't believe it on anybody else's authority, on somebody that stands up here or on the fact that I gave her the microphone. No, no, no. I, go take this back to the Lord with an open heart and be willing to just say, Lord, is, th is this me? Do, is there any way that I need to be in repentance? And as the Holy Spirit speaks to you in that, then respond accordingly. Okay? I love you so much. Merry Christmas. Have a great week. Enjoy your families. We'll see you next Sunday.